Welcome, Soul Tribe, to Deep Soul Awakenings with your hosts, Chastity Ryan and Millie Franco. Get ready to shed some light on the unspoken aspects of spiritual and healing journeys. Hey, guys, and welcome to this week's episode. Good to be back. Hello, hello. Uh, How are the energies treating everybody? I just want to ask that really quickly. Because it's just kind of crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it's just been kind of, it's just been kind of like nuts the past couple of weeks. Just a lot of stuff. I feel like um, their energy really went according to the reading that we gave last month, where it's like lots of, well, not last month, last Last um, episode. episode. I'm like, wait, why can't I speak? Um, Two weeks have passed already. Like, yeah. this is, this and is it's how accelerated. A, it's, it's been a lot of inner work. Right. It's been a lot of inner work, a lot of reflection, a lot of sitting, a lot of facing the shit about you that you don't want to face. And that's heavy in itself. And I feel like that's why it's been a bit hectic and everyone kind of feels all over the place because we are feeling raw. And yeah. I think that would be the best word for it. Just really raw absolutely absolutely and for me it's manifested health wise you know because I I had a procedure done lately and I have a surgery next month so I feel like it's physically coming out of me now yeah my body you know it's like okay universe whatever this is that has been I guess holding me back is being extracted literally from my Mm -hmm. body now Mm -hmm. so it's just like okay and I'm just like surrendering to that but it's like the healing process is not only just spiritual or emotional or whatever. It's now it's physical. Yeah. And so I mean, I th- it, it is right. Because you are yeah. also a physical body. Mm-hmm. So I think um, it's just translating in that way now, like more yeah. in the physical for me lately. So, but yeah. 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 And I mean, that also goes into what we were going to talk about today too. So yeah, also right. works. Um, <laughs> I, I was speaking to someone, I think yesterday, um she's a a doula a birth and a postpartum doula and I was Mm -hmm. like yeah you know I would love to see birth doulas and postpartum doulas incorporate like energy work and breath work and all of these things that you're teaching to moms especially postpartum Mm -hmm. because I feel like when you're a postpartum mom there's so much that's going on that if you know if you knew how to breathe from your diaphragm to signal to your body that you're safe you would be able to deal with a crying baby so much easier because Mm -hmm. now you've taken a second to actually breathe, you know, because for a lot of us, we're not breathing. It's shallow breaths. We're not really consciously breathing. Um, And I had, when I was speaking to her, I was like, you know, we are composed of water and I don't feel like we acknowledge that fact enough. And what happens to water when it sits, Mm -hmm. it becomes stagnant. It becomes moldy. It becomes like, things start to grow in it. It becomes like festering. So it's like when you think of water, think of yourself. If you have energy in your body, things in your body, trauma in your body, and it's not shifting and it's not moving, then what's going to happen to that water? It's going to become stagnant. It's going to, you know, just manifest itself in different things within your body until it gets to the point where you're ready to shift that energy. If not, you're just going to end up feeling shitty and you're going to go to the doctor and they're not going to be able to figure out what it is that's going on with you because it's not necessarily physical. It's energetic. And the doctors aren't going to look at you like, oh, hey, yeah, you have this trauma sitting in your neck, you know? Mm -hmm. 
And you know, like women are just prone to retain <clears throat> water. Yep. Right. So there, a lot of us tend to just have those uh, inflammation moments, and a lot of it is water. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you look at it on a on a deeper level and on a spiritual level, it's like, you know, water is emotion, water is intuition, intuition. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's that energy and retaining it, you know, and and or having it in certain places in our bodies, you know, um, it tells you that there's there's things there that are being held onto that are being. Uh, weighing us down because oftentimes Mm -hmm. you get water weight yeah right yeah and it's literally weighing you down because a lot of times um I believe it was a nutritionist of um that I went to years ago that said when like a woman goes on a weight loss journey usually the first week most of the weight she loses is water water yeah yeah she says the, the first week is just going to be water because women yeah. naturally retain water. So what yeah. if you um, think of that energetically, you're yeah. shifting energy in your body, you're making energy that was stagnant, you're taking it, you're causing it to flow. So of course, you're going to lose that energy, you're going to lose that water because it's not sitting stagnant. So it's like you're literally like peeing out the freaking stagnant energy and water from your body. <laughs> that part. Or sweating it out, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It's so crazy. And, you know, in Reiki as well, you know, they always tell you, like, before and after sessions to wash your hands yeah. as well. And drink water. And drink water and hydrate yourself because that's, like, it, it, it's a vital part of the process uh, when you're doing Reiki. And, I, um, and there have been times, honestly, where I have done Reiki sessions and had forgotten to drink water, mm-hmm. you know, or forgotten the water aspect of it. Mm-hmm. and I would pay the price later for it. Yeah, and I yeah. last night my son was sick, um, and we were both exhausted in bed, man, but he was his, his cough was pretty bad, and, like, he was just feeling uncomfortable, so we were laying in bed together, and I was like, you know what? Let me do some Reiki on him because, like, a couple of days before, my older son had a stomach ache and, like, poops all freaking day, and I was like, ooh let's shift some energy in your body sit with me and it helped him after like two days so last night i was like hey baby you're already a channel i know how to channel this energy let's get this healing done like let's shift this energy in your body and so i sat with him in bed and i kind of did the positions of wherever he wasn't feeling well like his throat and his chest and like the back like his upper back and his lower back and then his little belly because he wasn't feeling well from his tummy either And then it was like, we would fall asleep. And then when I would wake up again and he'd be coughing, I would go and I would do it again and we would fall asleep again. But then this morning when I woke up, it's like, you know, my chest feels a little rough. My throat is a little itchy and like, I'm coughing a little bit. And I'm like, ah, that's because I didn't wash my hands. So I didn't wash that energy off. So I Mm -hmm. kind of absorbed that energy. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, all right, like, it's fine because I'm going to sit at some point today and do my own Reiki and I'll shift that energy again. But like, if I wasn't conscious of that part, I'd be sitting here like, oh man, you know, I'm not feeling well. I'm getting sick. And meanwhile, it's literally because I didn't take that extra step to, to like cleanse myself of that sick energy and like whatever it was that he was feeling. 
Exactly. And this is the part that I always talk about that's not touched on enough when it comes to Reiki is if you're uh, highly sensitive and empath and practicing Reiki. Uh, the fact that we're so hypersensitive, uh, if we don't really practice the cleansing protocols, we're going to suck the energy up. Yeah, We really are like sponges. Yeah. yeah. And then without realizing we're claiming it. So now the energy is like, all right, I'm here. I'm here to fuck shit up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I mean, I think we talked about this on a previous episode, but man, I remember the, the worst experience I ever had was uh, doing a, a session on a woman. And when I got to her, like her, her heart and her solar plexus, I started coughing uncontrollably. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. And come to find out she was recovering from a pneumonia. Yeah. Although you could have told me that beforehand. Yeah. You know and this I mean? is also things I need to know beforehand. Usually I do an assessment. Mm-hmm. but since it was kind of a, a group session and it was more like you know like a healing circle mm-hmm. you know like I didn't you know when I do like a professional session of course I do an assessment yeah. you know to find out specific ailments and areas so that I'm prepared yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying that course. I know I know what I'm getting into yeah. but I had no clue you know it was just a social thing we performed Reiki on one another but the, she alluded to tell me that she was recovering from a pneumonia mm-hmm. and yeah I was freaking coughing up a lung. It was not cool. It was not. And I I think that's the craziest part about Reiki that when when you're physically laying your hands on someone, you're feeling what they feel. Like I I had a friend um, at work and she was, she's pregnant and she had like this pain in her um, calf and it was hard to walk. And I was like, hey, I can't take away the pain completely. I said, because I have a feeling that there's some type of energy manifesting itself there. I said, and that's something that you're going to have to figure out what that is to shift it. But I can make it so that you can walk. And she was like, all right, cool. So I was like, all right. So I was like, as soon as I touched her, she wasn't shaking, but I could feel her leg trembling. And I was like, you got anxiety lately? And she was like, oh, yeah, I'm full of anxiety. And I was like, yeah, that's what's in your leg, my love. I'm going to like, I'm going to do this with you, but then I'm going to need you to sit And think about where this anxiety is coming from so that you can release it. I said, because the pain is going to stay until you give it a name and release it. You know, you got to release and let it go. She's like, all right. But it's like, as soon as I touched her, it literally, like, I felt all of her anxiety. And then it's like, I want, of course, you know, you love her. So I'm like, oh my God, my permanent friend, I want to just like nurture you and love you. But then I'm like, but I can't fix it because it's something you got to fix, but I can make you feel better, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that that's something too, that people don't talk about because it's like, you know, you think of Reiki in this healing session and it's like, you know, I can help shift energy in your body and I can help put healing energy in your body, but I can't fix all your problems. No. You know, it's, it's not some magic session where we're going to come and you're going to walk out and be a new person. Yeah. You can only make yourself a new person, but when you walk out, you are going to feel better. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I especially felt like that when I was, I used to do this uh, volunteer event at the hospital here called Feel Good Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was at the cancer center. And most of the time when I was doing like Reiki, I would do it on cancer patients, you know, some that were in remission and some that were in the middle of uh, still getting treatment, you know, mm-hmm. um, chemo and stuff like that. And I think that's where I really kind of 
felt like I wish I could do more. You know what I mean? Like, you know, a lot of times, cause a lot of the chemo patients, they're in so much pain, their bodies are so tender. Um, and they would come in and I would ask them, okay, what, is there any specific areas you want me to concentrate mm-hmm. on? So on and so forth. And, you know, some of them were so frail and so like exhausted and, and, you know, they were like, oh, you know, we just, I just want to feel better. I just want to, you know, and they were like so appreciative after mm-hmm. sessions, you know what I mean? They were like, oh, I, I feel so calm. I feel so yeah. serene. And yeah. I haven't felt like this in so long. Thank you so much, you know. And, you know, I could feel the heaviness of, of mm-hmm. what they're experiencing. And I just like, gosh, like, like I'm, I'm thinking about it now. And I'm like getting goosebumps. and I'm getting all like in my feels right now because I was like, I just wish I could do more. But the fact that mm-hmm. I made them for that moment feel at peace and yeah. calm. Such a and, blessing yeah it really really is you know and I and that that to me was um you know what what felt good to me about it you know that I was providing that for them yeah but yeah I totally get what you're saying and I think that's again that's another struggle with being an empath just you know wanting to feel wanting to do more wanting to to just make it all better yeah because I mean when you're in your heart space you you just you love you know and I think sometimes we forget in the work that we do that even just being able to give somebody a good night's sleep mm-hmm. is such a freaking blessing i know for my older son it was like for two days he was just anxious he wasn't feeling well i did the reiki on his belly and on his back and he fell asleep almost like instantly after and slept till the next day till like i think it was like 10 30 11 o'clock and let me tell you my older son julian does not sleep so it's not 30 11 o'clock that boy it's six o'clock in the morning on a saturday and he's like hey mom what are you doing you know so <laughs> they're for like him, clocked aren't they yeah like my nieces are the same way like they just they get up with the roosters man I'm yeah like... <laughs> yeah and, and literally he is my rooster he wakes everyone up but it was like he slept and the next day i was like oh you feel good he's like yeah you know i was just so tired and and i, and I feel good now mom i feel good and then that night his stomach was bothering him a little bit and he's like mom I think you should do the energy thing and I was like okay boo no problem but it's like even even our kids know you know sleep is priceless feeling at ease even just for a little while is so priceless and I think that that's the purpose of all of this work that we do with healing and even the inner work it's we're, we're looking for that peace we're looking for that moment of like just being able to be at ease. It's so true. And and that's the overall, I think the intention of it, I mean, in itself, the practice of any type of healing work, the, the purpose is to get you in a place of ease mm-hmm. and peace, because that is what leaves the energy open to heal, yep. you know, your body to heal, I mean. And because think about it, when we're stressed, which is the opposite, it's like our bodies respond in kind to the stress and not in a pleasant way. I mean, the opposite of that is being at peace, being at ease. And that leaves the energies open and receptive to healing, you know, and, you know, it's all frequencies and vibrations and stuff. So, you know, that is what most people don't realize they think just taking a pill or taking a shot or you know not that I'm 
speaking against those things of course yeah. you know because every now and then we do need medications mm-hmm. you know and you know uh, uh, shots for certain things and I'm just saying that that is sometimes it, it sometimes requires a bit more deeper uh, a, a more deeper look yeah. than just western medicine and remedy you know those exactly yeah exactly and I think that that's why today I wanted to talk about all of these things because it's like a lot of times we don't realize that trauma is essentially energy and this energy is sitting in our body Mm -hmm. and triggering a lot of the things that we feel like for me last week I had this pain oh my goodness like I can't even explain to you guys I like it was horrible it was in my lower back mm-hmm. on my left side by the base of my spine. And no matter what I did, it wouldn't get better. I'm stretching. I'm moving. I, I usually don't take pills, but I think I even had taken like Tylenol because I was just like, I can't do this. But then in in, in my head, I hear, you know, it's energetic. Like the Tylenol is not going to help. It's energetic. And I'm like, all right. So finally, I'm like, I spoke to... um a friend and she was just like well if it's in your root chakra you know that's where your spine is it's fear mm-hmm. so you need to sit and reflect and think you know what 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 is it if, what is it that you're fearing right now what is it that you're feeling uncomfortable with so of course you know I sit and I'm like all right like we're gonna give this shit a name because I don't fucking want this pain anymore and and sitting with it and then like the root chakra is also finances so it's like yo right now I have found myself very worried about finances because I see my life shifting I see things going in a way where you know I'm going to be able to use my spiritual gifts as my mean of my means of income as opposed to you know not being at ease and not being at peace and being stuck in an office all day because on my journey I've realized that you know, this rat race isn't in alignment with who I am. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, there. All right. So finances, what I'm doing for work. I'm fear, like the fear that I have is manifesting because I'm worried that I'm not going to be able to support myself using my spiritual gifts if I'm not at this nine to five. This nine to five is, while it is chaotic, it is my comfort, my comfortable chaos. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. Now, finances, what is it that makes me think that I cannot support myself using spiritual gifts or by another means that isn't a nine to five job? So I started looking back and then I was like, okay, well, you know what? Growing up in my household, the way that we were raised, it was always, you know, if you want to get ahead in life, then you have to be born into money because those people who are born into money are the only people who have a lot of it. Right. you're a drug dealer because what me growing up honestly guys you know I'm I'm an 80s baby grew up in the 90s mm-hmm. the only people that I saw that were my example of people having a lot of money were drug dealers mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not material to be a drug dealer honestly I, I couldn't do it I it 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 wouldn't it would never work for me because yeah. I know the effects that it has on people like it just it's not for right. me Right. You know, and there, are, you know, honestly speaking, and there are karmic remnants to that as well. Exactly, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but that's a whole other course. other episode. <laughs> because what you give, you get. Right. And right. then I was like, okay, so why is it that I think that I need to be here at a nine to five job? 
essentially killing myself because I'm not at ease. I'm not feeling good. I'm feeling stagnant. And I was like, okay, well, my only other example was my mother. And my mother worked consistently all day long, every week, busted her ass, even worked on Saturdays, you know, for a little bit of money. And growing up in my household, the general consensus was that like $40,000 a year, $50,000 a year was like this big, huge, beautiful blessing and like something to work towards. And, you know, in sitting with this, I was like, you know, $40,000, $50,000 when it comes down to it, when you're thinking of being paid for your time. Because your time is something that it's the most valuable thing that you have. It's not something that you can get back. And it's something that you're allowing someone else to put a price on. So I'm like, okay. So it's stemming from me allowing other people to put a price on my time. It's stemming from my example from my mother. It's stemming from my examples of people growing up where the only people that I knew that had money and and a good amount of money were drug dealers or my friends that I went to school with that were born into money. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, all right, let's dig deeper. How, what is my actual perception of money? What is my actual understanding of it? And I was just like, you know, my life goal at one point was to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Here I am. I'm almost there. And let me tell you, it's still not enough. It's still shit. And it's definitely not the price for my life, my time. It's not. Because my time that I'm giving here, I could be giving to my sons and being bliss and joy and happiness and all of these things. So it's like, then I sat and worked through and it was like, okay, well, what is it a decent amount of money that I could be making, you know, that feels like I'm putting the price on my time and this is like my starting or more, you know? And as I sat with it and I reflected on it and then I was just like, okay, here, this has a name. I know where it came from. Now I'm going to release this. And, you know, I have a relationship with my ancestors. So I released it to my ancestors and I was like, okay, now I'm going to leave this with you and I'm going to let it go. And I'm going to let it go with the general consensus of, you know, abundance is my birthright. I have a right to be prosperous and have a right to live a beautiful, lavish life because we all do. Mm -hmm. We all do. And let me tell you, Chas, after I worked with it and after I pushed through it, the pain in my back went away. Yeah. Almost instantly, right? Yep. <laughs> that's how it works, you know, and, and that's a huge thing. I also I find, you know, with the root chakra, that was always where I experienced my blockages as well. Um another strong aspect of the root is also feeling grounded, yeah, you know, um rooted in in where you are and who you are and there used to be this actual online test that would tell you you know which chakras need to be worked on and you know I found it I found it on a website and I found it really interesting I said you know what the hell I'm gonna try it I do those little tests all the time yeah the chakra (laughs) test right we should share that we should share that for everybody that's watched uh listening chakra tests yeah we should add the chakra test um because I used to do it all the time just to kind of give quizzes like that I yeah. love it. Or like, what kind of empath are you? And I'm like, oh, tell me, tell me. <laughs> yeah, but it was actually um the chakra test was Fairly pretty accurate. accurate, man. Like every time I used to take it, it just always used to tell me the most. Like everywhere was pretty balanced, and of course, my third eye was overactive. 
yeah. you know, yeah. surprise, surprise, yeah. but, <laughs> but the root was always the one that had, you know, like either blockages or issues. And, mm-hmm. um, because I too had, you know, pretty much the same fears and issues and, and traumas with that space of lack, mm-hmm. you know, having, you and I have pretty much the same upbringing you know we both from Brooklyn we come from the same upbringing environment and that's you know that's that mindset of lack is just like you know either you work or you starve kind of mentality yeah and and it's so hard to get out of that you know and if I'm not working or hustling the conventional hustle you know what I'm saying I'm a starve I'm not gonna have shit And so it was always that constant battle, you know what I mean? And I, I totally understand that. And it it took, it took a while for me to get out of that. And I realized, you know, once when I I really dove into my spiritual awakening um, and I started to see that that's, you know, that's not true. Yeah. And it's not, we literally all have the right to be abundant. Yeah, absolutely. We are are abundant beings in general. Every day everything yeah. about us is abundance absolutely every day um, is, is yeah. an opportunity you know exactly um, and I just started changing my mindset after a while I just I think a, a, a mantra or affirmation that really worked for me was there's always money to be made yeah and for me it's the money always comes yeah money flows to me money always comes yeah. money always comes there's there has been nothing in my life that I have wanted to do that I really wanted to do that the money didn't come for. Mm-hmm. There has never been a moment in time where I was hungry or my kids are hungry and we were broke that the money didn't come or the food didn't come. It always right. flows to you. I think the the thing that we need to do is shift that mind frame of I don't have any to, you know, okay, well, the money that I have right now, that is not a priority for, on my list for what I'm going to do with this money, but that money will come later. Or that money is on its way to me. Not that it's not there, not that there's a lack of it, not that you can't, because I notice for a lot of us, it's like, well, there's not money for that. No, there's money for it. It's just not my priority right now. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and then, oh, as always, guys, journaling, gratitude journals. Every morning when you wake up in the morning, it's like uh, that first, I was told in one of my groups um, that the first 90 seconds when you wake up, pretty much is what makes or breaks your day. And in that first 90 minutes, 90 seconds, when you wake up, for a lot of us, we wake up with anxiety. So it's like when you open your eyes and you're like, all right, well, I'm going to journal about this gratitude and see all of the beautiful places where I have blessings in my life and where I have abundance. You're shifting that mind frame to look for ways that you have abundance and blessings in your life. I know for me, every day I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so grateful that I woke up in this nice warm bed in my covers and I'm comfortable. You know what I'm saying? And I got to sleep in this beautiful bed tonight. Like, I'm so grateful for that. And I see abundance in that because you know what? I'm feeling good. My energy is right. And it's like you you start thinking about all of the things that are going right and you start calling that energy into you. And that is such a powerful shift that you can give yourself every morning. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, it's the most simplistic method because you're, you're showing gratitude for, for the little things and, and not just the big things too. You know what I mean? I'm grateful, you know, even the little, the things that we consider little things are huge things in other places. 
running uh, running water. water a bed okay i was i was you know scrolling i was scrolling through um facebook and i saw an a video of these children they're from uganda mm-hmm. and they're a dance troupe and they were discovered on um i think it was britain's got talent they are all or- orphans and this gentleman took them in um pretty much adopted them all they all live in this huge house that he built but um and they they all work in the house they clean up um they have to go get running water Mm -hmm. um and they have to um they have like a like a a cot on the floor like a like it Mm -hmm. was kind of uh kind of wicker material Mm -hmm. and with Mm -hmm. like a sheet yeah and but they are so grateful that they have a home and someone yeah. who loves them and cares for them. And you would see that, you know, it's such, it's so humble. Those but they're the so priceless. You no, know, no, I, like, and you I, know how things just come yeah. about for no reason. You know, I think I was in a space of like kind of taking certain things for granted. Yeah. Honestly, I'm going to call myself out with this shit and say yeah. it. I think I was in that space. And then watching that video and seeing how humble, humbly those children live and how grateful yeah. they are for it. Yeah. And how happy and they play and they laugh and they're so they're so, you know, such in a space of gratitude that this man takes care of them and loves them. I was like, man, they they live so humbly and they're so happy. Yeah. You know, yeah. To us, it's like humble. But to them, there's nothing humble about it. To them, it's like love and blessings and everything is beautiful and everything because I feel like when you're in a place of love everything is beautiful you had so much peace mm-hmm. everything is at ease and I feel like a lot of times we tell ourselves we need to be humble and I was so guilty of this um but one of my spiritual teachers Dr. Mikosi she was like do you know what it means to be humble and I was like, yeah. And she was like, so why are you making yourself less than? Why do you need to lower yourself to meet anybody's standard? And I was like, oh, okay, you're right. She was like, there's nothing humble about the life that you're living. There's nothing humble about the things. There, there doesn't need to be anything humble about the things that you're asking for. You're an energetic being. You're a beautiful being. You are, it is your birthright to have everything beautiful in life. Why do you think you need to be humble? Mm-hmm. Because what may be the perfect life for you may not be for somebody else, but to somebody else, it, it it may not be to them on the same level, but to you, it's everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, shit, you're right. Okay. You know? So for those kids, that life is everything. That life it is. It sure is. It, it just brought a smile to my face, Millie, yeah. just watching them and they were dancing because they're a dance troupe and they could dance their little behinds off. They're yeah. so cute. Um, and they're called the ghetto kids. That's their name. Like you can look yeah. them up on YouTube. They have a channel and they, they've traveled the world. Yeah, they've done amazing out, everybody things. Show them love. Yes. The ghetto kids. Um, oh, I love them. I love them. And I just fell in love with them and their story. And, um, like I said, it humbled me because I think mm-hmm. what it was, cause I I've been on a renovation kick in my apartment. I've been fixing up my apartment and yeah. I'm like, I wanted to look a certain way. And I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't feel it's comfortable enough or I don't feel it. And I'm like, you know, it's my sacred space. And I'm over here. Like I wanted to, you know, to worry about everybody way. else. I, I've yeah. been watching HGTV and I've been obsessing and, you know, and then, like I said, they're, they're just living their best life. 
and they're grateful for everything that they have and having a roof over their head and someone who loves them and takes care of them and um just being able to go to school because some children where they come from are so poor they can't go to school school is a privilege yeah okay I really think that talks about perspective too Mm -hmm. right because if you're Mm -hmm. in a perspective where you're seeing blessings and you're seeing all the beautiful things in life then you're training yourself to look at things from a place of abundance a, a place of prosperity as opposed to the way we've been conditioned to think from a place of lack, you know, like even what you're saying with the apartment, I've been to your apartment, your apartment is comfortable as hell. It's cozy and it's beautiful and the energy is great, you know, but when we're looking at things from a place of lack, we think that we need to consistently fix and get more and do this. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, it's like as somebody coming into your home, I was like, oh, I love it here, you know? Yeah. It's like we don't, we tend not to think of that. But, you know, journaling in the morning can shift your perspective so much. Absolutely. And you know, we're about that life. We talk about journaling constantly. Day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have several new journals that I picked up. Okay. Um, because um, I'm having major surgery, I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, and yeah. it's going to be a life change and I'm going to be documenting everything about it. Yeah. So journey the process. journaling that is process. Gonna, I'm already like, yeah, I know I'm going to have, I, I'm just going to be on straight journal mode. I'm probably maybe even vlog and whatever, but it's yeah. going to be a big, a big deal to me. And I know um, there's going to be moments where it's going to be hard. Yeah. Um. And, you know, when I experienced stuff like that, I, I journaled and it's gotten me through so much. Yeah. It, it, it really, really has. So, yeah, like yeah. I said, we're, we're just about that life. People, <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. I definitely think you should blog too, because people are going to need your voice because there's a lot of people that are going through the same yeah. that need to know what they're going through is normal. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. That's, it's part of the process. Yeah. Um, but what I also wanted to talk about too was um, the sacral chakra and what blockages feel like there and what and how it manifests. Because mm. um, yes. sacral chakra, you know, sexuality, creativity, mm. pleasure, joy, experiences. And for me, sacral chakra was blocked for a very long mm. time. I've only recently opened it. Um, but one thing that I didn't realize. Um, for a very long time is that it when it's off balance it can lead to addictive tendencies I had mm-hmm. no I was just gonna thing. say that get out of my head I was gonna like you know when it's overactive yeah this talks about sex addiction mm-hmm. or fixations in that way yeah yep so freaking uh, true and mm-hmm. I never I never knew and then it's like when I think back to my 20s and my teens I was addicted to various things at various points. Like I was probably smoking weed from like 13, maybe 14 to what, like 30 something. Mm -hmm. It was definitely like double digit years, at least maybe like 20 years, which is fucking horrible. Um, But I never realized that that was addictive because I always told myself, well, weed isn't addictive, so it's fine, you know? Mm -hmm. And then my emotions were always out of whack and I was unable to kind of just flow with my emotions. So I was one of those people that it's like, I would just stuff it down, stuff it down, stuff it down. Water 
like mm-hmm. you said, right? Sitting yep. at the surface, waiting for those waves to come. And then it would be like, all of a sudden I would project how vomit all this fucking emotion and I would feel better after, but then I would go right back to my addictive behavior, my patterns of stuffing and stuffing and stuffing and stuffing. And like, I say this to say for those people that have a hard time dealing with emotions and just flowing with them, you know, sacral chakra might be something that you want to look into because mm-hmm. it, it, it manifests in your life. Like you never realize when you, especially when you start this journey, just like how much energy is tied into everything that is in your actual life because you are that energy inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of times issues with sacral chakra also it, it's uh, sexual hangups, yep. you know, under, you know, struggling with your sexual identity. Yeah. You know, all of those things are, they contribute yeah. to the sacral issues. And, you know, like for me, um, that was, I think it was hangups. Cause I was, you know, when I was a kid talking about sexuality, talking about um, anything having to do with sex was being fresh. Yeah. And you were programmed to think that. Right. right? Yeah. I, I think we talked, we talked about this. We with, did. We touched on it. We talked, we talked about this. Um, and yeah. And, and I think that was beaten into my head so much that um, it was just uh, like, a, like beaten into my head that it's taboo, that it's bad. Yeah, that's, that's the first thought that comes up when you think about feeling it. sexual urges, identifying what my sexuality mm-hmm. is bad. Yeah, see, and I was a rebel because mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm a, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me, basically. Because I feel like <laughs> if you knew me Rage in my the machines. 20s, then <laughs> you know that was basically my mantra. Yeah. And then I went from a place, a, a place of me having so much sexual energy to one day my sacral chakra being just like cut off and closed and not functioning and then all of a sudden it was like oh well you know what I have no sexual energy I have no sex drive like mm-hmm. nothing about me is sexual anymore like I I at one point I didn't even feel like I had sex appeal mm-hmm. and I was like this is crazy because when I was younger I literally like reeked sex appeal like I, <laughs> I walked in a room and you could smell my fucking pheromones you know and yeah at one point it would be like I would walk in a room and it was like I didn't even think I had pheromones on at that mm-hmm. point because of the energy that I was. Yeah. You know, because you know, from an astrological perspective, because we're mm-hmm. both Aquarius. Mm-hmm. So naturally, Aquarius' sex life is always going to be unconventional. Yeah. Naturally. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it, it's always sort of those extremes. There's going to be those bouts of I, and I know what you mean because I, I had my libido just like fucking disappeared out of nowhere. I yeah. think at like 35, when 35 hit me, I was just like, no libido at all. I was like, I, I just don't even want to go there. Womp womp. <laughs> yeah. And then like, and then from 30, 30 to 34 was just, I think my peak stage. I was yeah. very sexual during that time. Then 35 yeah. hit and it was just like, Eh, you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. and no, I think it, you know there's so many you know variables I think it was hormonal too you know yeah no it's true and I think um, it was hormonal I think I, I I you know once I got into my late 30s you know it just started to diminish more and more but I think 
um, I had came to terms, I mean, on a deeper level, on a spiritual level, yeah. I realized that I had some severe sexual hangups. I, I yeah. realized that I had attached sex um, to, you know, a lot of my unhealthy belief systems. Yeah. And to me, it was self-worth. Right. At, at that point where I had no libido, I it was self-worth. I had very low self-worth. And it's like when I got to a point where I could name that, I'm like, all right, I'm naming it, I'm releasing it to my ancestors, I'm letting this shit go. It switched for me. And I think that just speaks to the work that we're doing and the effects that it can have on us and how powerful it actually is. Because it's like when you're able to go in and give something a name and be like, all right, I've named this, I can release this, I can let it go. And so you are your own medicine. You are literally the most powerful being in your life. Like you are able to shift so many things within yourself. And I feel like it's just so freaking important to know that. Mm-hmm. So what are the ways that you work with your sacral chakra? Um, for me, I like to, well, one of the things that I have done is I've sat and thought about like my creativity, my sexuality, what are my hangups? What, what? What is it that's sitting here that I can give a name to? I, I'm I'm very big on um, giving names to things. And for like my creativity, um, I journaled. Okay, so guys, I journal a lot. And I noticed that for creativity, there was this thing that was sitting in me that told me that because of who I was and because of where I came from, I couldn't possibly be able to be a creative person or have creativity be my means of life basically because things like that didn't happen for people like us or people like me or people coming from where I came from um so I did a lot of journaling a lot of talking to my ancestors a lot of releasing but then also a lot of meditation meditation for me is very powerful and I um I love guided meditations so to be honest with you guys a lot of the meditations that I did is that, you know, I went on to YouTube and sat through um, sacral chakra meditations and tried to visualize like the energy shifting and moving within me. Um, I'm forgetting the name of the, what's the shape that's the two triangles intertwined in each other? Oh, okay. I, um, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, I forgot the name of it. There's a specific shape that I like to envision in that area. It's two triangles. So one triangle sits, you know, like a regular triangle. And then the other one is exactly the opposite. So that it kind of, both of them together kind of resemble a star. Mm-hmm. And I like to envision that. I can't believe I'm forgetting the name of it. Um, I like to envision that filled with like. Uh, it's like associated with um, like sacred geometry right and like the tree of life yes yeah um i like to envision that filled with white light and then i put a gold circle around it to represent like prosperity and abundance and all of the things that i'm trying to bring in and in my mind i like to envision that flowing spinning Mm -hmm. so it's like i spin it and i get that energy flowing and i get it moving through my body and shifting and i've noticed that that has been very very helpful yeah my go-to for sacral work is movement meditation um yoga uh i've been doing yoga pretty much now for 15 years um and i've been uh actually studying qigong too 
Hmm. So um, it's really it's it's really a nice like energy. Uh, it teaches you flow and that you know that's the nature of the modality and stuff. Um, just even dancing, you know. Yeah, um, dancing is so powerful and yeah. such a good way to shift energy. Just like dancing around my house, like you know, I'll be cleaning mm-hmm. and listening to my freestyle music and just like in the zone, and that'll just like if I'm having sacral issues, that'll just really clear it up like movement you know um movement moving stagnant energy oh yeah yeah movement meditation is is definitely my go-to for sacral work you know i i love it i really do and i feel like i i to me i feel like that works the best for me yeah so yeah but um it's funny we're just talking about these two particular chakras because those always been the ones but lately for me it's been um solar plexus lately yeah yeah well i forget those two because i feel like for a lot of us we tend to struggle a lot with those two especially with the grounding mm-hmm. yeah those are our lower those are our lower chakras you know the first and the second ones i think those yeah. are the ones those are the ones that you know throughout our evolution you know um our raising in consciousness you know goes in order you know first second chakra third fourth fifth. um yeah you know i think um as we elevate um then that's when the work you know the chakra work kind of uh coincides with that elevation you know yep it's true yeah because that's why i said right now i'm at i guess i'm at the third chakra i'm at i'm I'm at solar plexus right now which is our personal power this is what i call the power center you know i think of Mm iron man you know he has that Mm -hmm. you know the light in his uh heart that is uh mechanical if you will yeah as I always think of when I think of the solar plexus so <laughs> yeah I um I'm, I'm here trying to find the name of this shape that I mentioned and all I'm getting is that it's like the unity imbalance shape and I'm like yes I know this mm-hmm. um mine right now I am working on my throat chakra I mm-hmm. tend to have so many messages that I channel and so much knowledge that I can give and I tend to not use my voice so that is where I'm working on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, heart chakra was definitely one that gave me a lot of work too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, because it's, you know, when you're a kid and you're told that the love that you give and the emotions that you have are not good or essentially what make you unworthy, you start to internalize that and it manifests mm-hmm. in your life. And for me, it definitely, definitely did. Yeah. And I think the heart, you know, whenever we have blockages in the chakra, the heart is always affected. Yeah. Um, that's why, like, when you practice Reiki, they usually tell you to put one hand on the heart chakra when you're scanning, because mm-hmm. it that's usually the, you know, the, the beginnings of where the ailments lie in the heart chakra, you know? So that's why, like, uh-huh. I usually do that. Like, I just put my hand, uh, hand on the heart chakra and just start doing the scan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where I'll just kind of pick up certain energies and in, in certain chakras you know but it's um, the merkaba yeah <laughs> that's the name of it man the Merkaba. okay <laughs> sorry i that just blurted out and i didn't even find it it just came to my mind <laughs> you just needed a little time with it it happens you know when you're not really concentrating on it is when it comes to you right it's so yeah, funny yeah and i was like did you see this word <laughs> um but you're right and i mean essentially everything stems from the heart because mm-hmm. Um, I seen this image the other day that it was like our auric field, our energy fields with fear is so small. Mm-hmm. 
but our energy fields when we are filled with love is so fucking big and can reach so many other people and so like so far out around you that it's like you know that that love is where the power comes from and when you're kind of like not feeling love or or unable to love yourself and just feeling in all kinds of ways in your heart chakra it affects every single part of you Mm -hmm. Um, and here's the thing about fear when you know essentially people think of fear they think it's just being scared of you know are you scared you know but fear manifests in so many different ways you know when you're resistant to change when uh, you're apprehensive when you're making excuses, when you're procrastinating, when, you know, it, it shows up in so many different ways. It's not just being outright scared of, you know, a person, place or thing, you know, it, it's, there's so many variations of it. So it's sometimes uh, when these things occur, people don't realize that it stems from fear. You know what I mean? And then you just yeah. when you kind of call them out on it. Well, you know, this is, fear-based these yeah. coping mechanisms and and these reactions are fear-based they're like what but are you scared are you scared of nothing yeah. i'm like but see this is the thing it's not you know when we consider fear we always consider it from that space but you know again it manifests in, in different ways yeah and you never yeah. realize what kind of situations fear will have you stuck in mm-hmm. again yeah. like comfortable chaos when you're comfortable you'll deal with a lot of shit that you wouldn't normally deal with Oh yeah. I, I say it all the time. Like complacency is a bitch. Like yep. you want to be, you know, that yep. is honestly for, for me, and, I, and I'm sure you can relate to this. It's like the kiss of death, yeah. you know, to yeah. be complacent and just like, you know, like you said, comfortable, you know what I'm saying? Cause that's what complacency is really. And it's just like, I don't, I think that's this a, a slow death when you're just comfortable in that place. And so many people get stuck in in a complacent place and you know and it happens in the spiritual community people feel like oh you know i i've reached reached a certain level of of understanding and you know that i'm good but again they don't realize that they're limiting themselves the journey is lifelong all day so you're six feet under i say it all the time and even even then boo you're still going right in that part so that's um, we're gonna do some card pulls quickly we love you guys but i'm a little strapped on time so we're gonna give it like five minutes okay um chas i'm gonna give you a chance to shuffle and i'll just go with mine okay um so the card that i pulled was temperance which is funny because i know that we pulled this card also for our reads that we did for the month Mm -hmm. so right now you know it's it's the calm after the storm we we've done a lot of work we've gone through a lot of things we've been on our asses unraveling and going inward and understanding and doing all of these things. And right now we're in a place where we're flowing. And I just want to say to everybody, you know, because the other card that I pulled as well was the nine of swords. Mm -hmm. Don't just because right now things aren't moving as quickly as you would like, don't trick yourself into thinking that something is wrong we don't always have to be on the go we don't always have to be consistently moving we don't always have to be doing 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 it's okay sometimes to have downtime to just rest reflect and flow because since we're always so up it's like 
a roller coaster, right? We go up, we go down, we go up, we go down. When you have these moments where it's just kind of like stillness, understand that right now what you're doing, basically, you're ascending, you're upgrading. You just went through some freaking shit. Now your body is resting so that you can continue on your journey. But now when you continue on your journey, you're going to be at a little bit of a higher frequency. It's going to flow a little bit easier. It's going to come with a little bit more ease, but the job is not over. You still have work to be done. And then um, something else that I want to say too, you know, is don't be so concerned with the outcome of things. You can't control the outcome. You can only control the energy that you give. So if you have a situation where you're fighting with someone and, you know, you want things to be better, but this pattern just keeps reoccurring of you guys just going at each other and bickering, you can be in control of the energy that you give that. So when that other person comes to you to kind of bring that energy to you, you can decide not to feed that energy back and protect your own energy inside and just kind of flow with it. But also allow yourself time to just regroup. Sometimes um, solitude is not really isolation. It can literally just be a point for you to rest and regroup to continue on the journey. And for a lot of us, especially empaths, when we need to recharge, it's better for us not to be in crowds of people and to limit access than anyone else has to us because of that specific region you want to recharge in your own energy not recharge in somebody else's oh yeah it's a must yeah i have to recharge same it, it, it's it, it's just imperative in the process it really is you have to especially doing what we do we have yeah. to so uh well we have actually a new moon coming up this week and a solar eclipse so I thought I would pull out my moon deck today, my moonology deck. Our favorite deck. Yes. <laughs> I love this deck. It's so pretty. Um, so let's see what we got. <clears throat> I'm getting to pull two cards. So Okay. That's what I pulled two. That's oh, you did? The bottom. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what you did. You did. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the first card is a fiery climax approaches. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This hits home because I feel like things are sort of coming to a head, an energetic head. Like there's sort of been like an, a, a slump or, you know, things have been uh, kind of low lately vibrationally, and then things are just going to kind of come to head. So I think with everything that you were saying, Millie, I think the climax itself is that aha moment that yeah. I'm making mountains out of molehills. Yep you know and oftentimes you know it, it's a defense mechanism where we kind of self-sabotage in that way where we make something yeah. so you know we make issues when there really isn't it's just we honestly come to the realization that we're just in our own way yeah and that exactly. we just need to stay in the flow and allow ourselves to just you know to just be you know everything will work itself out everything will fall into place breathe yeah but the fiery part has to be a little like, okay, what's fiery? Like, like it's going to be like crazy? Like, it's going to be like... The energy lately is very fiery. Right. It's so. true because, yeah, we're we're still in airy season. This is actually the last day, but... Um, it's, it's still there. Yeah. Was it and I think, I think it's that cosmic kick, in, what I call that cosmic kick in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So I think that, I think that's what it feels like. Um, and um, 
Yeah, and the second card I got is take time to breathe out. <laughs> right? Boom, mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah, guys, get out of our get out of your own way and just give yourself time to breathe and and allow and flow. Really um, breathe. Consciously breathe. No shallow breaths. Yeah, you know, like we spoke earlier at the beginning of this episode how we're vessels of water. And you know, rather than resist, rather than continue to suppress, just allow it to flow. And and you'll find that it slowly starts dissipating from your body. Yeah. You know, energy, not just energetically, but physically. Yeah. When you breathe and you consciously breathe, you're signaling to your body that you're, that you're safe. So you're not going to feel so much anxiety and, and tenseness because you're safe. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're okay to just be. Yeah absolutely so yeah this pretty much went hand in hand with your card read so as always (laughs) right it's like this is just how how we roll every time so this is a great conversation I enjoyed it and we want to hear from you guys let us know how you work with your fears and and with your chakras and or um, if you'd like to know more absolutely we're here that's what we do yeah exactly (laughs) So with that being said, guys, this is Deep Soul Awakenings. And until next time, peace. Thanks for listening to this episode and continuing on this journey with us. Be sure to join our growing communities on Facebook and Instagram. We can't wait to have you back with us next week. Thank you for allowing us to be your voice. Until next time, remember to take care and be kind to yourself.